So what, we watch anime So what, we play League We're just having fun We don't care who sees So what, we stay in It don't bother me Living young, pale and nerdy So what, we watch anime So what, we play League We're just having fun We don't care who sees So what, we stay in It don't bother me Living young, pale and nerdy Hello and welcome to the Reaton Entertainment Podcast, episode 76 for... I should really figure out the dates before I do this. October 16th, 2016. Uh, my name is Nathan Reince Ruth, and with me, with me this week we have Parallax Jerry Corcoran Abstraction. I hate your name. The Yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Andrew Roa McFain. See, that that just rolls off the tongue. It does. It's the proud Scottish way, rolling off the tongue. That's... I think that's dirty. Um... <laughs> I'm not sure, but I think that's dirty. So, of course, I am the host, Nathan Reetenspruth. So, Aroa, what games have you played this week? Um, well, I'm still getting through uh, Escape, Virtue's Last Reward. Um, but I also, last night, played through uh, the Magic Circle, which uh, don't go off of the playtime on my Steam account because it says I have 98 hours. Good job. And it's that that's completely inaccurate because I accidentally left the game running for about three days. Um, oh. yeah. yeah. So, uh, so reality, really, it I, was like fifteen hours. Uh more like let's see, I don't know, maybe four or five. Oh, um, okay. But it it builds itself and it it acts like it's a game where. Uh, it's similar to a double fine game that came out a while back where you can trap enemies and then reprogram them. Oh, and, uh, hack and slash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's similar to that, but the last hour or so is possibly one of the most, it, it, it like, I don't know. It, it, I was almost in awe. It, it, honestly like it was one of the the most incredible ending sequences of like any game i've ever played and I, I don't say that lightly like nothing has ever done what the ending of that game did and that alone i think is is worth the cost of entry like there's there's all of the content like in the main portion of the game and a lot of it is optional but then you get to that last part and it's just like, I, I don't remember the last time that I was just like, just childlike wonder in, in how incredible that, that that part was. So if you can get it, it's it goes on sale pretty frequently. And if you can get it for under $10, it's definitely worth the cost of entry because that ending is just, wow, so good. Neat. And what are, have you played any other games? Really? I, I played Overwatch a little while, but everybody does that. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Parallax Abstraction? Long name. Um, I well, this week has been friggin' insane uh, between work and some extra life stuff and everything else. But uh, 
I played, I'm still, I've been playing Forza Horizon 3 on PC since it came out. I'm still working away at that. It's uh, still very good. I'm still liking liking that game a lot. I like the second one a lot too, so I figured I'd dig it. Uh, friend and I got Gears of War 4 on the PC as well. We've, he's, we've both been stupid busy because we both work at the same place, and he also got sick this week, so we've only played um, probably about two-thirds of the first act, but... Uh, so far it seems cool it's it does play a lot like gears which is fine by me because i did i do enjoy that but uh it's uh the it's a different set of characters this is apparently like a new trilogy you're playing like the son of marcus phoenix who was the main guy in the last three games uh and like his group of people like a group of sort of uh it's got almost a firefly vibe to the writing at least in this first part though it apparently gets much more normal gearsy later um, but it's nice and it is, it's fun to play still. And it is probably the best done PC port I've seen in a long time. It's, uh, exceptionally well done and it runs really, really well. Um, which has been pretty awesome. Um, and, uh, I actually got both shadow warrior two and mafia three, neither of which I have touched yet, but I'm looking forward to playing both of them, even cool. though. Mafia 3 launched pretty busted on PC, but it's apparently been fixed pretty fast. I think that it looked fine. Nothing yeah, wrong well, with was... that game at all. Yeah. Shadow Warrior 2, I've watched uh, somebody stream a little bit of that, and that's definitely on my radar now because that just looks that looks like one of the one of the best like transitions into a almost completely different game genre. That, that I've yeah. seen in quite a while. What, like it, what that game? looks fantastic. Shadow Warrior Two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like it's I loved like the a... last one that they did. Like the 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 uh, the first updated one they did it. Like I love Shadow Warrior from way back in the day when it was on the build engine. But the the new one that they did a couple of years ago was friggin' amazing. And uh, yeah, this one apparently it. I, I have actually not watched a lot of coverage of it, but apparently it plays almost a bit more like Borderlands and it has co-op in it and stuff like that, but it's still the like absolute madness that uh, the last one was in the Flying Wild Hog, which is the developer is kind of famous for. So uh, I'm quite certain I'll like it. And yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's kind of like Diablo in that like it, you have a whole lot of different weapons, but the, the main thing is that they all have slots so then whenever you kill stuff, you pick up the item, these items that fit into slots, they're gems, essentially. And that's right. how you upgrade the weapons. And But it, it still keeps the really fast-paced gameplay and the just out, out outright variety of weapons is, is fantastic. I would say it does that even better than Borderlands, just in variety alone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that for sure. Uh, I'm gonna try that at some point. And yeah, I I really love the first two Mafia games. And even though they're kind of generic open world games, they the storytelling in them is always really good. And I've been told, yes, this is still, uh, this still does that part well. And yeah, so I'm I'm hoping to start that at some point. But um, yeah, I did those, and I've only done one video for my channel recently. But it was of this. Uh, interesting twin stick roguelike that came out earlier a little bit earlier in the year called neon chrome uh i actually bought it on sale it was on chrono one day and uh it's by the team i don't know if either of you guys um ever played uh crimson land um it was like a yeah it was it's like a crazy top-down twin stick shooter thing it originally came out in like 2003 and then they redid it in 2014 
and it's kind of good fun. This is by that same team, and it's on the same engine, but it's um, it's a cyberpunk roguelike that has twin stick. Um, it's a twin stick gameplay, but it has like RPG mechanics, and it is it's a roguelite technically. So you have like persistent elements that you can level up in between runs, uh, so that you get a little bit better each time. Um, and it's uh, I just saw what it was about, and Chrono had it for like two fifty. So I was like, oh, what the hell? This this looks good enough. I'll try it. And I've actually really liked it. I'm probably it's one of my stretch goals for Extra Life this year so, is to finish it in one sitting. So um, yeah, that's been that's been a surprise actually. I really enjoyed it, but uh, yeah, and I've been pu- plucking away at Everspace as well, which I did a stream of a while ago, and it's uh, that's still really good, and they've been improving that rapidly too so that is also a lot of fun it's it's funny i used to hate roguelikes but there's been so many cool ones that came out this year that i liked that i've been uh actually kind of having a renaissance of that genre which i really like that's good it's, that's good you it's, 26 yeah. shooters depending on who you, who you talk to it's um it's kind of a cop-out for a lot of developers but i think that's okay because as long as the actual gameplay is fun, then you know whatever. You don't yeah. you don't need to have massive, massive levels and all and all that. As long as your actual core gameplay loop is entertaining. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look yep. at some of the the best games ever have been very like simple games like Mario. Like yeah, and it's still well, Mario like, still Binding goes Isaac, does well. Binding of Isaac is arguably like one of the one of the forefathers of the of the current trend in roguelites and. Like you can play that game for hours upon hours and oh, experience yeah. pretty similar rooms, but it's still fun every time. Yeah, and I'll mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about that a bit here in the podcast too. So I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. Funny. Uh I have been playing um Xbox One games actually. Uh what a fucking pleb. I know. Halo five. <laughs> uh so I'm actually pretty decent at Halo Five, even though I took like a year off <laughs> between playing it and I came back and started playing it again and it is still fun, and I still need friends to play with because after I got to gold ranking in arena, it's now it does require teamwork because you always have like if you if you end up on a slayer match, then their team always has two people together because they're smart. Uh, but when you have a pickup group or uh, you know just random matchmaking group, they it's terrible. It's terrible and you shouldn't do it and you should have people to play with because you're going to die a lot. So, and then I've also been playing WWE 2K17 because I got it for $10. So, not too shabby on that one. I don't think you should pay $60 for a wrestling game, but no. Um I had a $50 gift certificate to to GameStop, so I I got it for ten bucks, so not not too bad. I guess and, it's worth. Yeah, and then uh, I think that's pretty much all the games I've been playing. So nothing, you know. I I could go on and be like, oh, wrestling game so great. You can customize characters and oh, fucking jerk off, whatever. I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> it's a wrestling game. Uh, there's. The best thing about wrestling games is the glitches sometimes. Um, I had one where I tried to do a move and then it just shot my character like 20 feet in the air and spun him around and then he went back on the, the mat. I was like, huh, okay. Uh, I saw somebody, uh, you might have seen this or maybe even were the one that retweeted it, but 
uh, somebody like put a chick's head like through a through a shelf or something, and then she was just kind of floating around yeah. with the shelf on her head. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it, the problem is they every year there's new features and stuff that are added to the game, um, but they're never enough because they only have a year to work on the game. So right. they they can add, you know, X amount of features, but they just tweak the engine a little bit to try to make it less buggy, add some new features, and then push it out the door with an updated roster. So it's just like any other sports game, like Madden or, or NFL. That's, that's Madden, isn't it? Um, <laughs> what's the other one? The baseball, M- MB- MLB? Major MLB. League Baseball. Yeah, yeah. I think I think hits is the only one that still really does that. Yeah. So well, I know Madden does. I think they're they're released every year. No, I I just meant like actual sports game. Oh, I think I think I know what the perfect solution for uh, for them is, and that is to be like Call of Duty, have three different dev studios that put out wildly different wrestling games every year, and then have a three year dev cycle. You see, and that might actually work for wrestling too, because. I mean, I like the simulation. I'm joking type. for the record. That would be dumb. But no, 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 no. no. Actually, that's that's not a terrible idea. Um, and the reason I'm saying that's not a terrible idea is that, like, they have the, there's different types of wrestling games. There's the simulation type of wrestling game, which is what WWE 2K17 is, where they try to recreate the feel of an actual wrestling match. Right. And so you know it's pretty standard and normal and then um they also have like arcade wrestling games which completely aren't supposed to recreate the feel of an actual wrestling match like like nfl blitz versus madden exactly and having two even if it was two different developers um and maybe not even really like they could release in the same year like just six months apart or something and that way you could, if you liked the arcade style, which a lot of people do like arcade style games rather than simulation games, even with football or baseball or hockey, then uh, I know one of my favorite uh, football games was uh, Mutant League Football. Oh, yeah. Because it was just hilarious and you'd watch people explode on the field or um, Dungeon Bowl uh, or what was it? Is it Dungeon Bowl or... Blood Bowl, Blood Bowl. Oh, that was that was its own like yeah. Warhammer thing. Yeah, that's its but own I mean, Warhammer it, thing. But it's, it's comparing it to Blitz isn't isn't a bad idea either. Yeah. And now that I think about it, now, now that you're saying this, this actually doesn't like you could even have it to where basically like they release a roster update for yeah. the opposite game that's really that that is released that year. So you you alternate the releases of the type of game. But then you include a roster update for the other game, yeah. Every year, because I mean that like, wouldn't that be would, terrible. I bet that would, I bet that would be pretty, pretty cool for people. Because yeah. I know that uh, the only other friend I have that plays wrestling games at all is is Tyler, and he always makes like super goofy characters, and that seems like part of the fun is like making Spider Man and Donald Trump uh, duke <laughs> it out. In the yeah, ring, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, um, I'd watch that. <laughs> I, in real life, I mean, but yes, yes, right. I would, I would watch anyone <laughs> kick Donald Trump in the dick. I really want to just see Hillary. I Clinton. would like a, 
I'd like a Donald Trump impersonator uh, wrestling character. But here's the thing. Donald Trump has been in wrestling. Oh, yeah. He has. Has he? he yeah, he was in WrestleMania. Uh, must have been like six years ago now. Um, huh. Six or seven. He I was. that video clip. I know, yet I'm utterly yeah. unsurprised. <laughs> they had. So, actual. So, him and Vince McMahon are friends. Um, yeah and uh he was in a wrestlemania segment and actually he came out on raw and it said that he had bought raw not that he had bought the wwe but he had just bought the show (laughs) wwe raw which is now called wwe trump and uh because of that wwe stock fell immediately Because they because apparently people didn't realize it was a storyline. And That's so before. Yeah. And so um he came on, he's like, I bought Raw, blah blah blah. And um they ended up having a match at WrestleMania. It was Bobby Lashley versus Umaga. And it was a hair versus hair match. <laughs> so if Donald Trump's guy lost they would shave his head and if vince mcmahon's guy lost then they shaved his head and how does that work if you were if you were a toupee i guess you just take the toupee off (laughs) so uh we've gone vastly off the subject of filler anyway (laughs) but yeah so uh what I'm saying is a whole impersonator Donald Trump probably wouldn't work because they could just get Donald Trump. That's what he can do after he loses the election. Yes, immediately. He'll become a professional wrestler. I I didn't want to get into politics. I really didn't, but I have to say something. Do so. it every time. I, I have to, I have to it's comment. It's hard to avoid, to be fair. I live in a very, very, very conservative area of Oregon. And I didn't so know there such a thing. There, it's the rural, 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 rural. Um, rural, rural. Yeah, there it's in pockets everywhere. Yeah, and so the place I used to live. So where I live in Redmond isn't super conservative. It's kind of mixed bag. Um, but then there's the two towns. The town I work in and the town I used to live in are both very conservative. And one of my friends that's on Facebook from high school had posted something on Facebook because Fox News mm-hmm. ran their own poll on who would win pre- who would win pre- the presidency right now <sighs> and it was 84% Donald Trump you don't um, say to, to also, 14%. also keep in mind it, it was proven i believe that uh, those uh, news website uh, polls were overwhelmingly uh, destroyed, or as in their, like their results were ruined by uh, Russians, um, whether it was botnets or whatever. But I think it was over 50% of the traffic to multiple news websites uh, that went onto those polls uh, came from Russia. So they, so they said they weren't that, even valid in the first place. Right. They said, so what they said was that they had called. It wasn't actually a poll done online or anything. They had called 500 people from um, Uh, the Democratic Party and 500 people that were uh, on the Republican Party and that 84% of the people said they were voting for Donald Trump. Did they they release the 
I didn't even I didn't even read it. I just laughed. They they didn't. I can guarantee no, you. This. No, <laughs> I I, I like. Okay, I understand. If it said like fifty five percent Donald Trump, forty five percent Hillary Clinton, I'd be like, okay, that's a realistic number. But when you say eighty four percent to either candidate, it's like, what the fuck did Hillary just murder a baby on national television or something? Because. Right. And I think even then people would be like, you know, still better than Trump. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on. We got to get into these news stories. The, the actual subject of the podcast. Dicks. Racism. <laughs> yes. Uh, we we want to have a, a very deep subject, a very deep conversation about racism and institutionalized racism mainly in the United States. Uh, that would not. That wouldn't go well at all. That wouldn't go well at all because we're a bunch of. No matter what we say, people would be like, "You're just a bunch of privileged white people." Well, not to mention, you you and I disagree a lot of the time when it comes to law enforcement. So, um, I think we both agree that law enforcement needs to be. Um, I I don't think that every single cop out there needs or is a racist and that every cop does racial profiling. However, I do think that measures need to be taken to stop uh, the cops that are, so body cams and stuff like that. Anyway, right. um, we're going to talk about virtual reality <laughs> and and not politics or the racism. The racism of virtual reality. Yes. Uh, actually, PSVR is white, and that's racist. It is. It is the it PlayStation. Is such a privileged device. The PlayStation VR is uh, it's priced that only white people can buy it. You know, yes. I was gonna, I was gonna say that uh, completely jokingly. I was too. <laughs> like VR headsets are a white privilege machine um, <laughs> because they're expensive, and that's totally not racist to say that all black people are poor. <laughs> uh so john oh, carmack yeah. let's just move on uh, john carmack who is one Jerry of no the no longer wants to be associated with this podcast no <laughs> uh, uh john carmack is the cto of oculus and apparently he is saying stuff about the playstation vr can you or or actually just vr companies in general can you expunge on this a little bit aurora yeah, let me actually open the article, huh? Yes. So, essentially, um, whenever I skimmed over it, uh, the point was that John Carmack was trying to make is that VR games are right now just kind of running on the notion that everything's VR now. It's all cool and shiny and pretty. And there's no depth to any of the games and the major concern is that what what are we doing with VR that we can't already do with traditional game control methods? And I think he makes a valid point there that um, right now, for the most part, uh, games that are made for VR are more or less the same as the games we've always been making, except now there are motion controls and the screen's on your head. Yeah. There's there are very few games, I would say, if any, that wouldn't work just as well with uh, with a traditional control scheme. And really, yeah, we, we're just running on the novelty of now you can now you can use two Wii remotes um, and it feels more immersive. 
And that's that's kind of a concern because it it could mean trouble for the longevity of VR as a whole, particularly with the high cost to entry being where it's at. And and then if if all we have is novelty, eventually that novelty is going to wear off. Right. And um, I and I tend to agree like you're paying what eight hundred dollars for either either one Oculus Rift or the Vive, and then what is it four hundred dollars for the PlayStation? Technically, it, it's over four hundred. Um, if you want the Move controllers, and you also have to have a PlayStation camera, which is a separate purchase. Okay, so it's a um, lot of fucking money. Um, yeah, at the moment you can get a bundle for the PlayStation VR that's five hundred dollars. That includes um, the headset, the camera, two. Uh, can, two remotes, whatever move controllers. That's it. Yeah, and then uh, a demo disc. Essentially, it's PlayStation Heroes or something like. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, but um, in any case, it's it, obviously PSVR is is the lowest cost to entry because a lot of people already have PlayStation Fours. Yeah, but if you have to buy, like, I would have to buy a PlayStation Four, so it'd end up being more expensive. Right. And I mean, but at the same time, if you want to consider the price of the, the actual gaming hardware, look at cost That's entry true. for for PC VR. That's like, true. Uh, AMD, I think, announced either this week or last week that they had put together a PC hardware that cost, I think, $500 and that was VR capable. Yeah. But then you have to buy the headset with it. And even if you go with Oculus without uh motion controllers you're looking at over a thousand dollars total spent money spent oh yeah and with the vive is eight hundred dollars uh but i mean the oculus is six hundred dollars plus their controllers are two hundred dollars so you know it's about right. they're and, roughly the same price and to get full room experience you have to uh buy another tracker uh, yeah to put in the back of the room and um, and but so I, I tend to agree with them because a lot of the gaming experiences are pretty shallow on VR. Yeah. Uh, even like, like the, the biggest offender, I think of, of tr trying to like be something new and fresh, but like failing miserably is the, uh, the Batman VR game for, uh, mm. PlayStation VR. What is I... that? Is that just, is that Arkham City or whatnot or Arkham Asylum? It's, it's no, it's just well, I mean, it's it's based in that universe, but it's it's just Batman Arkham VR or whatever. It's it's, the it's like one of those VR. experience things. Like it's not really a full game. It's just kind of a it's a short thing that like does a bunch of cool VR -y stuff in the Batman universe. In my oh, opinion, okay. it's a twenty dollar hour long demo that should. Yeah not cost $20. If it was 5, I'd say maybe. If it was 10, I'd be I'd be like that's too much. And at 20, it's that's a joke. Yeah. Like no one no one should pay $20 for an hour long experience that especially one that is so shallow and just not even I paid more than $20 even... for an hour long experience. Ha. Ha ha. I get it. Well, anyway, uh, but it's like, yeah. It, well, and it's just it, and it's some of the other stuff too. Like arguably one of the best like full on games on PlayStation VR right now is the updated version of Res, which is what a lot of people are talking about. And I was yeah. pretty annoyed about that because like as someone who actually really 
enjoys res like i actually own the ps2 version and from back in the day i i was like oh you can play this in not vr as well so and i wanted to do a video on it so i'm like oh maybe i'll pick this up for the playstation 4 and so the xbox 360 re-release of res that they did a few years ago was 10 bucks when it came out and it was basically the original res but up you know upscaled to, to up 1080 res. up res <laughs> <laughs> See, and, and, and yeah, that was and that was a 1080, and it was very good. This new version, Res Infinite, is that with one extra level added and VR support, and it's at least well, at least Canadian, it's forty dollars. Yeah, it's forty. And I was yeah. like, but it's basically the same thing as the one that came out on the 360, except with one, yeah, one extra level and VR support. I won't even use right now, and it's four times the price. I was like, what? Yeah. And also, and, that extra level is supposedly pretty much made for VR anyway. Oh, it's all yeah, about, apparently like, you won't appreciate running. it nearly as much if you're not in VR, yeah. See, and I'm reading through this this John Carmack thing, and he's saying, yeah, he, he is saying what Aro is speaking about, how they're really shallow experiences, but he's also talking about how uh, load times suck. Yeah, and apparently a, it's really a... long load times, and he's like, we really need to get those down like it he's he said that 20 seconds is like what the the highest that he wants to accept but and, that they need to be lower than that and the problem you're going to have with that especially on playstation vr is that the consoles use hard disks they don't use solid state drive yeah they use and they don't even use good ones they use 5400 rpm ones right which and, is just ridiculous in this day and age how, yes, it is. how many cents would they have had to pay to put a fucking 7200 RPM one in there? Right. I, like, I mean, <laughs> I don't, that's ridiculous. But, um, and, and he also brings up, as well as with the load times, um, he seems to have like a hard on for mobile VR. And I kind of get that, I guess. Yeah. He brings up that we should, that we should be focusing more on mobile VR because, of how i guess limited we are by that apparently i'm getting a mobile vr headset yeah i i get what he means in the sense that you know phones are much more ubiquitous than gaming pcs or even consoles for the most part and you know like the gear vr is 99 bucks like it's it's much more accessible from a uh you know a getting it to the mainstream kind of way i guess but at the same time, I don't think you show off a bleeding edge technology with an extremely limited platform that doesn't have the capability to do really big experiences and, you know, a platform on which also people won't pay for anything. Right. You know, like like that's the problem is no one will pay for mobile games, which is why they're all scummy free to play microtransaction fests. And I don't see how and they're also limited enough that a lot of the big experiences that have really impressed people in VR you couldn't do on mobile hardware. So yeah. I, I get I get it from an economics perspective, but I don't think that's how you wow people into wanting VR. Right. Right. But yeah. But it's 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 hard to say. But you know, there's been a lot of rumors and speculation out there about how mu- how much or rather how little uh, Oculus and Vive have sold, you know, because they, well, one, these companies are not talking about how well they're selling, which is always telling. If a company doesn't brag about how well something's selling, it means it's not selling very well. And I, I heard something the other day, I don't know where it was from or if this was true, but that apparently, like, 
probably in no small part because of its price, but PlayStation VR was pre-ordered more than Oculus and Vive combined, which I don't know how they know that because I don't think those companies ever release numbers, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's, I wonder it's... I wonder if more people are buying... I, 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 what I mean to say, actually, is I wonder if the PlayStation VR is losing money. Yeah, per uh, unit, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I wonder, too. I... I don't know for sure because I feel like I remember them saying that they weren't going to sell it below cost, but I might be confusing that with uh, Oculus. Yeah, because they could, I could definitely see them losing a little bit of money because well, maybe Sony can't eas- as easily afford to do that anymore, though. So I, I wonder. Well, it, it leverages the existing motion uh, control tech that they already had. Yeah. So I'm wondering if maybe that would uh, supplement that would it. Yeah, that's true. And and a lot of times, what what they do is they sell it under cost. And but I mean, to be fair, they could be making money on it too because I, uh, I don't know how much money it costs for them to make the the PlayStation VR, like. Back when the Connect first came out, I know that they were making. I think it cost like fifty dollars to build the Connect, but it was selling for one hundred and fifty dollars when it came out, or something like that. And so you're paying like three times what it was worth. Uh, so they may be doing that with the PlayStation VR, but I'm I'm honestly not sure. I'm sure somebody will come out and be like, "This is how much it costs to make a PlayStation VR." So, um, yeah, they'll do a teardown of it, I'm yeah. sure. Somebody. I was, I was about to say, I know that uh, iFixit did a teardown of it, but I actually didn't read it, so I don't know. They might have mentioned how much it costs to mm-hmm. produce or would cost to produce, but I'm willing to bet that them utilizing move tech is definitely helping their bottom line on that. Yeah, because they yeah. already Especially have since the tech. They're selling the damn things. They're selling the damn controllers for, I think, $50 each Ugh. or something like that. Probably for a pack a, of two, I would imagine. Yeah, you you get a pack of two for a hundred bucks. Yeah, which is insane considering they're six year old Wii remotes. Are they six years old? Fucking, I'm getting yes. old. Twenty ten. Yep. I'm getting old. Anyway, let's move on. Um, but let's move away from this depressing conversation, and mm-hmm. let's talk about some more recalls. So everyone knows about the Samsung Galaxy Note recalls and how those aren't allowed to be on planes anymore or anything. But there's a very, very uh, popular company that also has to recall products, Lunchables. Why are we talking about this? Oh, I thought it was funny. (laughs) All right. So Lunchables had to recall. Is it Listeria again? No, actually, it's a really stupid thing. So, and we'll get into that. So, uh... 3.4 ounce boxes containing four compartment plastic trays of Lunchables ham and American cracker stackers with use by date of of Christmas 2016 and production times ranging from 9.13 to 10 stamped with a side of plastic stamped on the side of the plastic container. Those ones are getting recalled because they use the wrong packaging. What? So apparently the ingredients on the back were incorrect. Mm. So they had to recall uh, estimated 537,000 
I mean that. No wait. Let me see. I'm trying to see how much they had to recall, but they had to recall quite a bit. Um, basically, the it, samples from it determined that the Lunchables ham and American cheese stackers products were incorrectly labeled with the back label for a nacho Lunchable product. The back label contains the product ingredient statements, and as such, the Lunchables ham and American cracker stackers products that were mislabeled do not declare wheat and soy on the label. Okay, well, there's there's your problem. There's a there's a have... reason for it. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. It, it does say, uh, recall bear establishment number estimated 537K inside the USD market inspection. Um, uh, but I'm trying to see how many of them were recalled. But yeah, all of them have been recalled because they don't declare wheat or soy. But yeah, I mean, if you're buying. I understand, but if you're buying Lunchables ham and American cheese stackers that come with a wheat product in them. You don't necessarily know that they're wheat products, do you? Yeah, I mean, if you look at them, you're like, yeah, this is a wheat product. Like, you, because it's the, you know, the crackers in them are wheat products. You can have uh, gluten-free crackers. But they don't say gluten-free on them. But then again, on I guess on the label, it does it doesn't say wheat or soy. Exactly. Like... That's a problem. Yeah. So all be all because somebody put the wrong label on a bunch of products, they have to recall a bunch of them. So, um, do either of you eat Lunchables? Are you are are either of you under the age of ten? Uh, uh, no. Lunchables, Lunchables are also really expensive, at least up here. So I just yeah, I just make they my own are stuff. like I never understood after I got older and realized how much food costs. Yeah. Like I've never understood why people buy Lunchables for their kids. Like, if you really want to give them the minimum requirement food for the day, make them a fucking sandwich because that's probably got more food in it. Well, honestly. make them a, or or yeah, make them a sandwich or you know, give them an apple or something. Like, because Lunchables, even when I was a kid, Lunchables didn't fill me up. Right. Me neither. I I have like I had like Lunchables, and then I have like. Like you said, like fruit or chips, something. Every once in a while, I would get Lunchables, but usually uh, we were poor, so I got free food at, at school. Yeah, I never, never got the, never got the free food for some reason, even yeah. though we were supposedly pretty poor. Yeah, your mom made too much money or something. So anyway, Lunchables have been recalled. If you have the Lunchables ham and American cracker stackers incorrectly labeled, um. You can take them back, I guess. I guess you'll murder your kids. If they eat one of these, the kid's going to die. So... Well, if he's got celiac. Well, uh, so he won't die. Um, No, have, like, severe diarrhea or something. Yeah, so, uh, like, Eric and Casey Dean have... Dehydration is uh, is a real real danger, though. Yeah. Uh, Eric and Casey (laughs) Dean have uh, celiac, and they, they can eat wheat, it just doesn't go well for them they said that when they were about 15 they got a lot of stress in their life and that's what triggered their celiac to start acting up i didn't know that was a thing yeah i guess it doesn't really hit you until you're like you're a teenager so Uh i'm like so uh, i i say that it is their mutant power because yeah it's like it's like autism yeah exactly uh, let's talk about an uplifting subject that we brought up earlier. Binding of Isaac. Yeah, it's like Binding of Isaac, right? That's all right I'm terrible at it, but yeah, it's cool. Same, so, yeah. 
Binding of Isaac has a cross-promotion thing going on, which is pretty neat. There's another developer, um, Dominic Obojovitz. <laughs> Jokovitz. Obojovitz. Uh, he... <laughs> He really liked Binding of Isaac, and there's another game that he created named Polygod. And so apparently, if you have certain achievements in Binding of Isaac, then you will be able to get Polygod for free. Oh, that's an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting idea. Yeah, so the... the so basically, you had to be really good at Isaac to to get that. The yeah. high, So there's a, a, what, like 10 for the original Binding of Isaac and then about seven or eight for uh, Binding of Isaac Rebirth. If you have one of these achievements, then you will be able to get um, Polygod for oh. free. But the highest oh. the highest achievement rate that any of these are is 5%. So 5% of the players have wow. one of the achievements. Good God. Okay. So... The achievements I haven't paid are... any attention to the achievements in those games, but I guess they're really stupid hard. Yeah, uh, so... some of them are ridiculous. Yeah, my friend Chris, I think, has all the achievements in the original Binding of Isaac. Uh, friend Alfredo does, and I think yeah, he, yeah. I, I think, awesome he, I think he has all the achievements for Rebirth as well. My friend Chris is crazy, basically. Uh, so the That's achievements awesome. are hard mode. Uh, and then Eternal Satan, Eternal Cain, Eternal Isaac, Eternal Question Mark, Eternal Maggie, Eternal Eve, My Eternal God. Samson, Eternal Judas, Eternal God, uh, and Eternal Personalities. That's for the original Binding of Isaac. And the Binding of Isaac Rebirth achievements are Sticky Nickels, Keeper Now Holds a Penny, uh, Keeper Holds Store Key, Noose Baby, I'm just going to rest on that one. Yeah. Karma, <laughs> Sale Baby, Mega, and 1001%. You gotta, if you don't know anything about the Isaac games, those achievement names are pretty fucked up. <laughs> they are. They are. Um, those who want to cash in the Binding of Isaac prowess for a free copy of Polygod have a few extra steps. Um, add Amplify Steam game, Steam account, Atomic, Atomic Domb, and shoot a message to, with the name of the achievement that you've unlocked. They will then verify and look and send Polygon to those who qualify. Hmm. So, um, that I think is pretty cool. That's a neat way to cross promote something. Yeah. So, I I didn't actually look at any of these achievements because I don't have any of them. Uh, I'm presuming neither of you have it. Have any of these achievements? Yep. No, I don't even no, have to look not. at them, and I, and I know that I have <laughs> You don't have to look at them at all. No. Um. So, how how many hours do you have? Either of you played that for any significant amount of time? I've got six hours in the original, and all my time on Rebirth was on the PS4 version, so I couldn't tell you. Oh. Oh. Yeah. oh okay. I I I don't. I have Rebirth on the PS4, but I don't think I've played it yet. And I've played a few hours of the original, but not very much, just because I. Uh, yeah, I, I knew it would take more time to get good at that game than I had to put into it. So I actually have on the original Binding of Isaac. I have sixty-one percent of the achievements unlocked. Jeez. 
So, but I don't have any of the eternal ones like they would need you to have. So, uh, it basically, I don't know what hard mode is, but it's, um, you beat Satan on hard mode, beat question, question, question on hard mode. Those are basically the ones, uh, beat, uh, the game as Isaac in hard mode, beat the game as Cain in hard mode, beat the game as Magdalene in hard mode. Like the, basically you, they just want you to beat it in hard mode with one of the characters, the original binding of Isaac. And then let's take a look at the achievements for Rebirth, which I only have 47% of those ones unlocked. So, Sticky Nickels. There are 155 hidden achievements. Oh, they're hidden. God damn it. Sail Baby. uh, Yeah, apparently Sticky Nickels is... It says unlocked a new item unlocked a new baby but they're question marks so i'm presuming you you don't know you don't know what there is there is uh it means that you beat boss rush oh okay which is not easy yeah you get noose baby by defeating mega satan so actually i think my friend alfredo would have that because i know he beat mega satan see i beat mega satan but i don't have that Let's see, hmm. Karma. Nope, don't have that one. Let's see, Sail Baby. Are you sure you beat Mega Satan? Pretty sure, yeah. Because Mega Satan is like you gotta you gotta fulfill quite a few things. Um, do you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I thought I did beat Mega Satan. Well, there there are a few different forms. Maybe that's it. Yeah, there are a couple forms of Mega or of Satan. So yeah, maybe that's it. A type of Satan. What's the, what's the thousand one percent? Nerd times a million. It might be like something ridiculous. So basically, Genius. no one no one has in this call is good at video games. Uh, no. I've no, seen no. Parallax Abstractions PXA Peaks. I can tell you he is not very good at video games. No, not especially. Is, <laughs> is 100%ing the game. Oh, okay. So <laughs> Unlock all the secrets and endings and collect every item. So basically, if you did that, you already have the free game. Yeah, because you're insane. Yep. <laughs> I think I... Can you see your friend's achievements? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, there's a way. Uh, let me see. View stats. There we go. Um, Chris only has 87% of the achievements on Binding of Isaac Rebirth. Well, let me... Where is... Fredo doesn't even get on Steam anymore. <gasps> Plays Blizzard games. He plays Blizzard games, yes. Uh, Fredo has 230 of 276 in Rebirth. Yeah, uh, Chris has 241. Uh, Let's see. Let's go to Binding of Isaac, the normal one. Because I'm pretty sure my friend Chris has that mastered. Where is he? I hate steam 
has 625 hours on Rebirth. Wow, that's a Good lot. Lord. Um. Oh, Chris only has 77 of 99, so he only has 78% of the achievements unlocked in uh, Finding of Isaac. Only. Uh, he, he, Fred only has uh, 43%. I could have sworn he had it 100%. Yeah, I could have sworn. Maybe he pirated it. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. So, this game is, uh, this game is something. And I guess Polygod is similar. It's a, uh, it's another roguelike. So, maybe, uh, Parallax Abstraction can get a free code from them and, and do it on PXA Peaks. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I've done a lot of them lately, so I don't are, know. Are there any other videos you're coming out with lately or soon? Because you've been pushing those out like two a week or something like that. Something crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little ridiculous. I mean, I've, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. It's been work and other stuff has been so busy lately that I, when I've sat down to record, I just would have sounded like death, so I kind of haven't done it. But, uh, um. I still have some review codes to go through that I do want to I do want to do. I want to do uh, a proper video on Everspace because I did a I did a live stream of that that got cut off because the new version of OBS is hot garbage. Yeah. But um, I have the, a three month uh, thing uh, to XSplit if you want it. I still have an active XSplit subscription, but yeah, XSplit's terrible at local recording. So that's why I switched to OBS. But the latest patch of it basically breaks a bunch of stuff. So. Uh, but I want to do a proper video on Everspace, and I also I got a review code recently for this game that came out called Butcher, which is uh, really cool. It's like it's a very it's very small, like pixelated uh, pixelated graphics, but it's like a hyper gory like battle arena thing. It's almost like a two D Doom or something like that. Um, it's pretty neat, and uh, yeah, I want to do a video on that too. I might this week. I might not. I'm not sure. Oh wow, that's pretty neat. Uh, I haven't got any codes lately. I'm hoping that when I go to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, I can uh, meet some developers or or PR people and give them my business card because that's the whole reason I got them. So yeah. Now uh, the main thing I've noticed is just uh, the way I've been doing this lately. I mean, there's one PR company I got in with who has like a web tool where you're able to request codes, which is really handy, but. Um, some of these other things like butcher and a couple of other games I've gotten codes for is just cause, uh, I went to the developers like website and found their like press kit for the game. And I just sent them an email and went, Hey, I got a small YouTube channel. I'd like to cover your game. Do you have any? And they're just like, Oh yeah, here you go. I'm like, uh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I haven't really been up on the being a whore thing. I, I need to start that more, but, um, I think that, that's cool that you're able to get those uh, and put those on your channel. It's, it's helping you grow a lot. So it is, which is cool. I mean, I pa finally passed a thousand subs not too long ago, which is pretty rad. And, I told you, uh, it's that's that's pretty fantastic. And yeah, it's these. The, it's nice to see a lot of developers out there who are willing to work with small channels because they know that you know potentially if they do, not every small channel will be small forever, and that uh, yeah. you know it it could help to to cover their bets a little bit which is nice yeah only one th uh was it only ninety nine thousand more until you get your plaque exactly so yeah. you know so, I mean, and you look I, at I, it that I, way yeah. 
one percent of the way there in three years yeah what the rest will be <laughs> nice and quick now once yes. you got over that thousand you hump it's all growth from here yeah it's like uh what is it, it probably grows exponentially you know. Yeah, I would imagine. Well, it it actually does. They do say that when you get a when you get a certain uh, uh, when you get a certain base of subscribers, like you do, sort of hit a point where growth will start to snowball a little bit, like not a crazy amount, but a little bit. Um, that's how most big channels got there; is they reached a point where stuff just started to grow more on its own. But uh, well, I think yeah, I, I don't think I'm there yet, but who knows? I think a big part of it. Sorry, I think a big part of it is algorithms, where uh, YouTube tends to favor their algorithms towards people who already have a ton of subscribers. So once you get over probably ten, once you get over like ten or fifteen thousand subscribers, you start showing up more in um, lists, basically in recommended channels. Uh, yeah. And that's and after you get that, that's when you start growing pretty heavily because you're being featured in their recommended or in this, in the, you know, next to watch thing. So maybe, maybe you'll start getting that more, but probably not soon. I'm so helpful. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. Who knows? I don't know. I'm so encouraging. Uh, but anyway, that's our podcast. It's really short. Uh, we didn't really have much to talk about this week. It was a little bit of a slow week other than, you know, VR, PSVR and such. Yes, and I will try to be here next week. Uh might end up being a little late, but we'll we'll see what's going on. Um because Fair I enough. because I'm going to be at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo and that's in Portland, Oregon, and that's a 3-hour drive from where I'm at. Plus I have to take Ricky home and he lives an hour the opposite direction. So mm. Yay. Away from Portland. So, uh, yeah, we'll be... Uh, I might just tweet you guys and tell you guys to do it. So, if, if you're cool no, with that. Be, <laughs> that'll be interesting. I can't guarantee it'll go well. With me. No. Uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Fine. All right. Thank you guys for being here. I will talk to you guys next week or the week after. Okay. Bye. Very easy.